Hello and welcome to Live Love by Design TV. I'm Karen Chaston, the founder of Live Love by Design, a place where you can learn to live and love each and every day, to love who you are, to love your life and to create your dreams faster. And today I have this most amazing guest, Moira Sweeney, living happy inside and out. That is her motto. Isn't that amazing? So, Moira, welcome. Karen, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm <laughs> I so think the title of your show works well with who I am and what I'm all about. Living exactly. love by design. Exactly. And as, as our viewers already know, we have four pillars that I've broken the nine areas of life into. All about you, all about your relationships, all about your expertise and all about your wealth creation. And Moira comes under the all about you. And isn't that a perfect way to start? Because life should be all about you. What do you think, Moira? I do. In fact, my website is called Moira For You because I'm constantly inviting people to go in to think about their lives, to think about their relationships, to think about their own ideas rather than always adopting the ideas of someone else and to discover how much of what their life is is a product of the way they think and their intentions and the way in which they view themselves and the world around them. So this couldn't have been like a better orchestrated place for us to chat today. Okay. So let's go back to your earlier life. Before you actually discovered these, what I like to call live love gems, this wisdom, tell me about who you were when you grew up. I share this a lot because I believe there are such gems to be found in our early childhood. I lived in a town one square mile. I could see the skylights of Manhattan across the, uh, across the river. All I wanted to do was get out. I wanted to get on airplanes and travel the world and make friends in every culture. And yet my life experience was very different. I was often kept indoors. I was watched very closely, very strictly, and I was brought up to be a lawyer. And oftentimes, instead of being with friends and frivolity, I was kept indoors playing things like the piano and doing artwork and writing thank you notes. So I had a big disconnect, and yet something inside of me, Karen, was always about the dreams of something happy, lively, and um, joyful and connective. What stops people from being happy, do you feel? In my case, I, I had loads of fear as a child. I, um, I faced a lot of death. It wasn't my own, maybe, but I had a lot of people around me that died, and it terrorized me. So um, you were scared of dying? Of, totally afraid. Everybody around me was dying, and so that was an awareness I had and it not, wasn't necessarily something I could speak about. So, yes, I had this specter of death that was always over me. Um, but I remember also always feeling like I was somehow chained to an identity that wasn't me. So I wanted to get out of the town that I grew up in. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to connect with friends. And I wanted really to go out and dance. And yet my whole identity was locked in this this matter of wearing turtleneck dresses. You see, I got one on now. No, <laughs> I wear on a shirt now. But um, 
it was just the idea of being book smart and very polite and very dignified. Not that that's wrong with me or that, that that's not a piece of me, but it wasn't all of me, Karen. And so I spent decades sort of making the best of where I came from and utilizing it all because it's all works for good when you expect it to. But the other piece was, was offloading a lot of things that didn't belong to me that weren't part of my identity. And that's why I'm so passionate today about sharing some of those ideas and those thoughts and those stories with other people who are struggling. Yes. I can tell you when you struggle, don't they? People, you, you've obviously looked back at your life and, and because I'm a great believer that we are the sum of all of our experiences. And some of them may not be ideal, but they are our life lessons. And there may be some experiences where we turn around and we go, okay, that's not me, but I've learned this from it. And, and then we can carry on. So why do you feel that you um, really wanted to find out who you were, the real you, not the, not the um, person that your parents and grandparents wanted you to be? Because I knew she was happy and because I knew she was free. Oh, wow, that's so beautiful. And that was it. That was it. I felt unhappy. I used to cry all the time as a little girl, and I felt very contained. And I made, I actually made a decision as a child, knowing there were certain things I couldn't do then, but I said, I'm going to grow up to be happy and free. And by free, that meant to me free to be myself. Yes. So how did you find the courage to do that? <laughs> little by little. But yes, exactly. Trial and error. A big breaking point came for me, and maybe your listeners could understand this. They have theirs maybe later in life. I was 23 years old. I had gone to school, to college. I got a degree in political science. My family always wanted me to be a lawyer, and that was all that I was designed to be. So I took out loans. I started law school. I was at the midway point. And one day, Karen, I couldn't get up out of my chair to drive myself to class. My husband, I was married at the time. I still am. He came home from work and he said, Maura, I thought you were at school. I opened up my mouth, Karen, and no words came out. I had literally lost my voice. The, the, the weight that I was carrying in my life, knowing I had a 40-year career that I didn't want, it was, it was so heavy I couldn't move, so I left law school. And I thought, I have no idea what I'm going to do next, but okay, I'm going to find something that, that gives me life. Can we go back a sec? Yeah. Now, the fact you lost your voice. Do you feel that it was the universe saying, well, if you're not going to use your voice to create your life, let's lose it for a little while? I've never been asked that question, but I know the voice is so big. My voice, I believe, early on was squelched, and I think I have been finding it more and more. Shall I even show you this? When I was 27, I had my entire thyroid removed. See, I went home. I would have a lot to say about that, I'm sure. Karen, I'll tell you something further. I went home when I was in my late 20s, hadn't had my daughter yet. I was working in a corporate job that required me to use my voice for public speaking. I was at home for nine days, so it was like two weekends in a week. Do you know every one of those days until the day I went home, I had laryngitis? I'm not surprised. No voice. See, we don't look at our body for the signs on are we on the right path. To start looking at what is happening to you physically, you can say, is this relating to some area of my life? Am I not doing this? 
So it, it's so very clear that your voice and laryngitis, all because you weren't speaking your truth. I have to totally agree. And actually, here's an interesting thing. Everything I do with my writing, my podcasting, my speaking, it's all establishing my voice. And I could say it's incrementally. And this may sound odd. Somehow, Karen, I'm 60 right now, but I think from my early childhood, I must have had some ideas that I did not feel free to express. Forget about parents. I was thinking more in terms of society and acceptability. So what I discovered is that I'm constantly moving the envelope and saying more and more of things that were always within me, but I know that my ultimate healing of even a cough that I carry with me will eventually go away. And again, it says it goes back to the voice being true to who we are and being able to fully express all that's within us. And I think that there's such a marrying up of emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, relationship health. Yes. Everything, it all comes back together. And another thing that you love to say is everything you've been searching for is already within you. Now, even though you started your journey of self-discovery at 23, did you realise that then? You know, I sensed that there was some spiritual essence within me. I would say my connection to God, to source, And because I couldn't go outwardly to get my answers as a child, and because I had so many people die, including my grandfather, who really was such a a strong presence, very trustworthy, I used to go to heaven, to God, to whatever. And the thing was, I would get answers, and I would follow those leadings. That's why I tell you, I think a lot of things I knew in the past, I wouldn't always feel so free to speak about. But that is why I sincerely believe that we can either run after the world and seek after the things that the world claims they've got waiting for us, or we can be quiet, rest, and trust that the answer's already there. You know, even in, yeah. in I totally Christianity, what did Jesus say? The, the kingdom's within you. A lot of people don't ask those questions to find the answers. True. Yeah, our society really hasn't taught us that. They've taught us to run after the gold, run after the money, buy the latest car, get the guy, get the girl, correct? <laughs> yes. But a lot, those don't, they don't fulfill and they don't, if, if they're the wrong things and they're not answering to our soul's purpose and desires, then they are the wrong things. So all we need to do is find out what, what do I personally seek? What do I want? And where do I find my peace and my fulfillment and my expression? Yes. So what are your little tools that you advise people when you are sharing your wisdom with them? Oh, a couple of things. One thing I've done my whole life, I did this when I had my corporate career, I would always take time early in the morning and I would use that time to be by myself to read, to listen quietly, to talk to God, whatever, to station my mind and my thought life and my energies in a positively inclined zone so that the world was not bombarding me, but I was sort of establishing the atmosphere of my world. That's the first thing. So I totally agree with that. That comes back to something I always say, which is, and we all hear it on the plane. Put your own oxygen mask on first before you assist others. 
I've discovered that is a daily requirement and I'm so glad to hear that that's how you start your day each day as well. Don't you feel more energised? Don't you feel more productive when you start your day that way compared to the days when you don't? Yes, and less confused or less harried, definitely. Yes, have more clarity. Yes, I would say so. Do you realize by you asking me these questions, you're making me think even beyond where I am today? Because I do always... (laughs) Because we all learn and grow so well together. And it is about us making a difference together. It's not about us being the lone ranger. Don't you feel, Moira? Yes. Oh, you know what? And that's why I love conversations like this because I can be an inspiring personality, but when I'm in conversations like this, I get more inspired. And there's a back and forth. It's very dynamic. Yes. Very dynamic. Thank you. Because and we lift ourselves up, don't we? We lift ourselves up more towards our higher self, which is what I love. Yes. And I have to tell you, you just challenged me because although I would take time for myself to establish my thoughts, Karen, I don't always take time for myself to minister to myself in other ways. Like, you know, some women, they just, oh, they'll go out, they'll get a massage. I was never that type. So I'm, I'm taking that as today's cue that I need to find additional ways yeah, you to do a bit good like, for myself. You're, you're, you seem like you're more of a giver than a receiver. And we need to learn how to receive. And, and I feel that in the times that we live, because we're both baby boomers, and I think with the, with the movements that have come along, it, we sort of lost a little bit of that, nurturing of ourselves it's like no we're tough I'm going to work and I'm doing this and I'm going to climb the corporate ladder sure I might do it like a bloke and it might not work for me but we need to take that time to you know come back to who we are innately and there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of women think oh no I can't be that person I've got to be this other person it's like no nurturing yourself is such a great way for you to learn how to receive you know, that's very astute, and as soon as you spoke that, because I know we were definitely in so much of the same age bracket, there was a mentality that I remember I, I brought up to myself. I was about 11 years old, and I made a decision I was never going to depend on a man. Now, it wasn't like I considered myself this uh, feminist. They didn't even have the word back then, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to depend on anyone. So what that meant is I took on a lot of masculine tendencies, which required that I would not minister or nurture myself. Interesting. So thank you for that, Karen. I'm sure it was not only good for me, but some listener today will pick up on it as well. I'm sure they will. And I've just got the tingle, so I know that's God's tick. So that that conversation was for everyone. Wow. (laughs) You know, you... You asked me for two two yes. uh, suggestions or two tips. There's yes. a second one I'd love to offer. Not only just taking time in the morning to listen and to set your own um, your own atmosphere and your own thought life, but at the end of every day, to review five minutes. How did yeah, my day go? Was your review really? That as well. How cool is that? We didn't even know. So what? I know that's awesome. We live on opposite sides of the world. <laughs> right. So what do you do? So I would just review my day, five minutes every day to say, how did I feel today? What, where did I feel my best? Where did I feel my freest? Where did I feel my most energized and excited um, and even inspired? And then I would also say, 
where did I not feel that way today? Was I in a conversation with someone that brought me down? Was I around toxic personalities? Was I agreeing to something I don't like? And so I would use the end of the day to take inventory of what made me feel happy and energized on the inside. I always talk about as your inner smile or what didn't make me feel that way. And then from that point, again, it's going within to say, well, the next time this happens, this is how I will recalibrate. And I'm telling you, that is a very good way of self-leadership. Yes. That is amazing. And it's very similar to mine. So I ask myself three questions. The first one is, what did I do today that I would do exactly the same next time? The next one, what did I do today that I would do differently next time? And the third one is, what did I learn today either about myself, someone else, or the universe? They're very similar. Excellent. They are very, very similar. Yours is just a little bit more organized than mine. You could tell them, I'm a left-hander. I bet you're not. I like yours because you actually went more into the feeling and more into this is what I want to invoke in me and, and I have this, I always like to, you know, to transition as you go through your day. So make sure that, you know, you take time when you go, say, from a meeting, uh, you know, back to your desk to do something. Take times to transition out of that. And then another time is when, you, you know, as you go home, transition out of it. Just a, just a couple of minutes just doing some breathing, closing your eyes, just refocusing, leaving the stress behind, and especially before you walk into the door, so that you are bringing your best me, as I like to say, into that door. You're not bringing the drudgery of the day or the excitement of the day. You're coming in as you're, you know, in a, into a new role, I guess is the best way, because we play so many roles in one day. I totally agree. And, you know, I think the same thing is I could be so immersed in what I'm doing and everything else is somewhere else. But then when it's time for me to make that transition, I refocus and I'm totally present in that new place. And I think that's great for relationships, for the opportunity of work versus free time. And it does make a difference. It really does. Yes. And we've both been married long term. So how many years have you been married? Gee, my husband and I met in college in 1977. We are now together for 41 years. I was like, how did that happen? How did we get get to this age? We got married in 1981. Okay, well, my husband and I, we met in 74, but he was too old for me then. I was 16 and he was 23. But then we married in 78 um, and we've been married 40 years this year. So he's going to this year, back in March. But now I say to him, because my husband, he's um, six and a half years older than me, and now I, I said to him not so long ago, jokingly, I said, do you remember when we first met and you were too old for me? And he went, yes. I said, I think it's happening again. And he's that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. He said, I go, well, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So obviously you two have grown together because you can't be married and together for that long with, you know, who you were in your 20s to who you are now in your early 60s. There's no way you're the same person. And if you are, there's something wrong. We, you need to talk to Moira and you need to figure out, you know, what, it, what you're actually doing wrong. And, or I don't like, really like the word wrong. Maybe some improvements that you might like to look at your life. 
So what do you feel is the key to a long relationship, especially a marriage one? Well, I, can I say well, number one is having the right spouse. <laughs> But I will tell you that as much as I never contemplated marriage, it was something I was not interested in. The very first time I met my husband, um, I recognized several attributes about him that today, 41 years later, are the same. He is comfortable in his own skin. I remember thinking to myself, this man has no prejudice. He was sincerely interested in other people. He didn't have an ego. And I remember thinking to myself, this man would let me grow as much as I want to grow. Uh, and that's so important. And, and you know what? It's, it's mutual because I allow him to grow as much as he wants. He allows and encourages me to do the same. We've worked together four times, even though we've worked separately. We travel a lot together and apart. We keep the, we keep growing, but it's our differences also that keep everything lively because we have different perspectives and we're always sharing with each other. And there's a great, great amount of respect and trust that we have for each other. And I think that that, that is so foundational that it exceeds and goes beyond any challenges we might have ever faced in life. I love that. Because at, at my 40th um, wedding anniversary, I've, um, I had the two boys here and a couple of friends, and, and they well, now one of them is married. He got married last month, and and the other girlfriend. And one of the girlfriends said to me, she said, "What is the secret to a long marriage?" And I said, "To allow each other to be who they are, and to grow together." Yeah. Or to allow each other to grow. Because so many people just grow apart because they just become, I feel, uninteresting. And a lot of them aren't interested in life either. They just go into what I refer to as the Groundhog Day days. And they wonder why life isn't fun, why it's not exciting. You know, I agree. I agree. And I could remember this too with my husband. I just saw adventure written across his chest. <laughs> and you know, at the time he says to me, I want to be a prep school teacher and live in New Jersey. And I didn't want to live in New Jersey. But I could see in him a, a desire for adventure, meaning that he was going to take some roads that other people hadn't traveled on. I did not want the Groundhog Day. I didn't want, and that's, you know, that's fine for some people. It just wasn't good for me. And fortunately, he managed to find a life partner like me who was willing to take a journey and to go the journey too. Yeah. So what do you feel is the biggest obstacle most of us face in life? This is it's coming full circle now, Karen. Yeah. It's the biggest obstacle is looking at us in the mirror if they're if we're willing <laughs> to go there. That's it. Because think about the world. Think about human nature. If something happens, we want to blame this circumstance. We want to blame that person. We want to blame our parents who didn't bring us up perfectly. There's always something out there. But to be able to go and look into the mirror of the soul to say, what am I dealing with here? What am I afraid of? What am I telling myself? What am I concerned about looking at? If we can look at ourselves in the mirror and see everything in light of how we're processing our lives, we would get out of the way with a lot of problems we're dealing with, and we get through them a lot faster. I totally agree. To get out of our own way, it's, it's amazing. And even if you initially just start looking at your face, just even for a minute, just time it. Do not move. Just look at one eye. 
Don't go from one to the other because that brings in adrenaline into your body. But if you just stare into one eye, get past the wrinkles, get past that your eyebrows need to be plucked or anything like that, it's amazing how quickly you can connect to your most beautiful features, which is your heart and soul. And yet many people are afraid. We're not taught to do that, to be quiet. But it's it's an amazing thing because so much comes out of the heart and so much life. It's really the source of our life, and we tend to ignore it or cover over it. Yes. So that's that. Totally agree. And I heard a saying not that long ago, which is, we're human beings, not human doings. And it's in the being that we reconnect to who we are. That's where we find our courage. That's where we find our answers. And more importantly, it's where all our innovation and creation comes from, that most people don't take the time to just be. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And so when we're living by only exteriors, then we're squelching the light and the life right out of us because we're not going into that well and bringing bringing the ideas up and the life up. Yes, I totally agree. I could talk to you all day. I feel the same with you, but <laughs> we'll have to do it another day after your show's over. <laughs> so what's the biggest contributor to personal peace, uplift and freedom in your um, in your sort of expertise? So glad you asked because I wanted to offer you this final thing before we close. It is forgiveness. If anybody is looking for peace in their life, and I'm not talking, or peace everywhere, it is to go and forgive. You forgive other people and what you think they did to you, and you forgive yourself, and you forgive circumstances, and sometimes you have to forgive the world. (laughs) Somewhere we're a contributor to it. And yeah, keep going. It just, as things come up and as anxieties come up or fears come up, this is what I've done internally. I would always say, is there someone or something that I am angry about that I need to let go of, drop, and forgive? And Karen, I will tell you, it has been my path to peace and happiness. Don't you feel so much lighter? Yeah. You do. You can feel the weight of it all just being lifted. Now, you're not going to believe this, but this is a fact. I love Louise uh, Hayes' calendars, right? Mm -hmm. Today's calendar, it says, I keep in mind that the road to freedom is through the doorway of forgiveness. Now, when I turned that over this morning, I just thought, oh, my God, Moira is going to love that. That's very neat. The fact that it just happened on the day that we're actually recording this, I just think it's so cool. It is. And I love those kinds of synergies because what it does is it reinforces, yes, this is where the life is and this is where the energy is and this is where the positivity is and this is where we are. And, boy, if I could live there in those spaces all the time, Karen, 24-7, I would. But I'll tell you, it's always my quest to bring more and more of it, more of the inside to the outside and have a fuller expression of life. So I hope something of what we've shared today, I know it was great for me to listen to and chat with you and listen and exchange. And I really hope that there are people listening in today that will catch the energy and the spirit and know that what we're talking about is so universal that what applies to one really 
applies to all. Different we are all one. We thing. are all one. And for us to understand the fact that we are all one, we all have the same doubts and fears and and limiting beliefs and we all have these and it's just a matter of us realising that we may look different from the outside, but we are all one. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally now, you have a free gift for our viewers today. So what is that I, now? I do. I have a free book from my Art of Happiness series. Okay. I actually have um, two that came to mind uh, in the series. One of the books that I thought of for this audience is a book on influence because most people feel disempowered and they don't realize how no matter who you are or what you do in life, you can be an enormous positive influence on those around you. So that's book one on influence. And the second one is finding your value. What's your favorite value in life and how do you live from that space and place of value so if they want to write to me Maura my name no, no, Maura. There'll be, the links will be at the bottom Perfect. of the website Perfect. So be to, influence. do that okay good you're so efficient you must have been a CFO somewhere even though like you think like you know, going to university and getting the Masters of Accounting and, and doing everything I've done and now I'm doing this on the road of, you know, helping women to actually be who they are, be the manager. We want them in corporate space, but to be understanding all of these concepts, not totally unaware like I was, to you sort of think they don't fit together, but they do fit together. You always use your skills from no matter what you've done along the road in what you're doing now. I agree. It's like the life toolbox. And that's what makes you so great because you're going to end up with skills that the other people don't have because you can't really get a university degree in life skills. But they that's certainly right. help you when you need them. We are so connected because I call my, so from the time I left corporate, I call it my life's university. And I've just learned everything in life's university. And it's so true. I've so enjoyed having a chat with you today, Moira. Thank you. Karen, thank you, and I'm so honored to be one of your first uh, guests on your new yeah. show. So I'll look forward to it coming out. I will be sharing it, okay. and I will be a regular uh, listener and follower. That sounds fantastic. I would love that because, let's face it, we're very connected. We are. We are. So see this? The world doesn't make a difference, and this is just part of what I imagined as a child, except I didn't have to get on an airplane to visit you. We're right there now on, on Zoom. So it's fantastic. So all Moira's details are below this video. So please reach out to her. As you can see, she's very approachable. But more importantly, she's very aware. And she's about helping us to become more aware. Because the more aware everyone comes, the more peace we can find in our amazing planet. And let's face it, the world is a lot smaller than it was when we were born. <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for watching, and thank you, Maura, for being an amazing guest. Bye for now.